Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Dairy Advisor Joe Kelleher identifies important tasks farmers need to complete as we head into the winter months. These include soil testing, silage analysis, dry off, milking parlour maintenance and most importantly Joe urges all farmers to take the opportunity to get a physical and mental break from the farm after a challenging year of 2020. There's a number of jobs that farmers can be focused on at this time of the year. Uh, I suppose the first one really that just to get it out of the way is, is the grass side of things. The show is over for most farmers on heavy sides in particular after the rainfall over the last week. For those on the drier sides, there's still some getting a bit of grass into to cows. So I suppose just for those farmers to watch out that they don't go too far into the autumn and eat off too much grass. Just remember it is worth double in the spring. And I suppose for all farmers, whether on heavy soils or whether on uh, drier soils, just try to do a grass cover uh, around the 1st of December because it gives you an idea of what you have for the spring. But also if you have a number of grass covers done this year, it'll also give you an idea of the amount of grass that you were after growing in 2020, which allows you plan your stocking rate more accurately going forward. I suppose the other area that farmers could be focusing on now is, is the soil testing side of things. It's a great time of year to get uh, the farm tested. We're hearing all these um, rules and regulations coming from Europe and we've this European Green Deal where we've been told we're going to have to reduce our nitrogen inputs by 20%. So the key for Irish farmers to do that is to have the soil at the, at the optimum fertility. So having it at the right pH and having it at index 3 for phosphorus and potassium. And the only way we can figure out what the soil needs is to do a soil test. So I would be recommending all farmers who haven't done a soil test in the past 12 months to try do one between here and Christmas. Um, and then it'll allow you buy your fertilizer also for next year uh, based on this. There's some products out there such as 18612 with sulfur, which you need to just let your merchant know that you want to get it and also the protected urea there was availability issues in certain parts of the country last year um so by doing your side test by seeing what you're what you need to buy allows you to put in that order to the co-ops early in time and have that fertilizer in the yard for when you need it um in the springtime when you talk about soil testing how regularly should we be testing at the moment you know is it an annual thing or is it every two to three years joe it depends on the farm, I suppose. If, if your soil is at a relatively good status, I would think every second year is probably adequate enough to test. If your soil is fairly deficient in a lot of the major nutrients and pH, then perhaps you need to do it annually for a year or two to try try get the improvements. And uh, if you are spreading the maximum that you are allowed in terms of phosphorus and potassium in particular, uh, perhaps there's there's a need there to test it on an annual basis until you see yourself hitting those index twos and threes um, and then maybe you can drop back to testing every second year. And looking to the fertilizer products that we would be using at this time of year, you know, a lot of people would go out of muretive potash or maybe lime. Um, I suppose given the heavy rainfall, is there an opportunity to go with uh, those products at the moment or should people hold back with, with the ground conditions as they are? With regards to lime, it's purely down to land traffic ability. So if the land is dry enough to travel, I would say take your opportunity and spread the lime. Now that obviously is confined to drier soils at the current time with all the rainfall that has fallen. As regards muret potash, if 
if you see a dry week, even in the month of November, um, it's still time enough to, to get that manure to potash out. But I would like to see a dry week ahead while spreading it. And the ground, obviously, underneath would have to be relatively dry as well to be doing it, which limits it again to the, the drier soils. Uh, other than that, you're waiting until next spring to try to rectify some of these issues. And I guess in reality, like the points that you make there, Joe, in relation to, you know, we are looking at, at more stringent regulations. So people need to be tactical and, you know, getting the soil fertility right in order to maximise the fertilisers that they are using and I think a, a good tip based on what you're saying is that you know depending on the type of product we want to use contact the merchant and, and maybe have that fertiliser sitting in the yard that you know we're not scratching our head on the on the 20th of January looking for the fertiliser when the co-op is empty we can have it sitting in the yard from the 1st of December. And looking then, Joe, to housing and cows are going to be on silage, um, you know, I suppose particularly as we move into the dry period, um, we're looking at silage and a dry cow mineral. You know, what are the recommendations? What are the must haves when we talk about the dry cow mineral spec? When it comes to the minerals, um, many farmers will be buying off the shelf minerals and sometimes they're not adequate. So the first thing you need to know ideally is, is what's your silage short on. So the, the only def- definitive way to find that out is to do a silage test. So send off the silage, get it tested for mineral analysis and it'll tell you what you're short. But in general, the key uh, elements that we want inside in the bag of mineral is magnesium, phosphorus, and vitamin D are the three that you're really looking out for. So we want up to 5% phosphorus, we want up to 25% magnesium, and we want 120,000 parts per million of vitamin D. And that, that really is the difference between the, the poorer quality minerals and the better quality minerals. And most co-ops you enter, they'll have the good bag and the bad bag, and you pay more for the good bag, but you're paying more because there is more in it. Um, so I would be recommending to buy the better one. You only need to feed it for six weeks. In a lot of cases, it doesn't mount a lot. So you're better off getting the good mineral for those few weeks uh, and feed it to your cows. And then looking at, I guess, animal health at this time of year, is there any specifics we need to focus yeah, on? Yeah, I suppose uh, parasite control is, is always uh, front of mind at this time of the year. And the the stomach worms, the, the hoose and the, the fluke are the, the key ones that we need to target at housing. Uh, farmers are well used to treating uh, all stock, whether it be cows or young stock at this time of the year. So it, it's you just have to come up with your strategy, talk to your vet. Do you dose twice? Do you go once at housing and again sometime after Christmas? Or do you wait um, and do use a product that kills everything in one go? So talk to your vet, use the right product. Again, orders and time um, and put a plan in place as to how you're going to deal with these parasites. I suppose the other areas then is farmers are questioning whether they should be milking cows on or should they be drying them off at the moment. So I suppose there's a couple of, of things to, to consider. The first one is, is which, cows, which cows should we be drying off? And a lot of farmers in the past week in particular have dried off the heifers. Um, and that's not a bad thing. A heifer ideally needs 12 weeks dry. And if she's calving down next February, she needs to be getting her holidays now to give her 12 weeks to recover, put on a bit of condition. We're seeing a lot of second calvers dropping out of the system nationally. And, and maybe it's just that they're not getting that bit of uh, a long enough dry period to allow them build up a bit of condition. So I would 
would be recommending that all farmers dry off uh, the heifers in particular over the next week or two if they're not done already. Also, tin cows, cows in poor body condition, uh, they need a bit of extra time to put that condition on before calving. So again, if they could get 10 to 12 weeks dry, it'll really give them a great chance of calving down in the right condition next spring. High cell count cows, they'll allow the, the other to repair naturally over the winter if it gets a long uh, dry cow period. So again, uh, they should be dried off over the next week or two. The other option when drying off cows uh, is the selective dry cow therapy. Uh, it's going to be mandatory by 2022, so we won't have a, we will no longer be able to give every cow in the herd uh, an antibiotic and a, a sealer. So we are going to have to select the cows that we want to give them to. So farmers now only have two years to get used to the system. Um, so for those that are milk recording, and that's the key to this, you can't do selective dry cow therapy unless you're milk recording. But those that are milk recording, maybe there's an opportunity there to do a small percentage of the herd. Maybe it's only 10 or 20 percent of the herd uh, with selective dry cow therapy. So regardless of whether you're doing selective dry cow therapy or blanket treating the whole herd, uh, a sensitive, sensitivity analysis test is the best way to find out what's the best antibiotic for your herd. So do that, get the results, order your tubes then do, uh, based on that. Many farmers would traditionally order their tubes at the plough and match, but we didn't have that year. So maybe farmers are a bit behind in ordering the tubes and the sealers. So get working on that and have them ready for the day you want to dry off the cows. Uh, try dry off the cows in in smaller batches. Don't be trying to do the, the whole lot in the one day. Uh, dry them off gradually over the next month and it'll make the job a bit easier for everyone. And and you mentioned, you know, what milking on cows, uh, Joe, like there's there's often a debate we have. And I suppose particularly with empty cows, if you're milking, if, if you're milking empty cows, you know, you might milk the later calvers. I suppose, you know, what's your take on on milking empty cows through the winter? Um, you know, what sort of, I suppose, cost benefit have you for that scenario? I suppose it, it depends on the compact calving of the herd. And I know George Ramsbottom and Chagas has a lot of work done on this with Joe, along with Joe Patton, where they're, they've looked at the costs for a compact calving herd versus a spread out calving herd and what's the, the, the economic impact on them milking off versus drying off. And I suppose to summarise what they, they have found is that a compact calving herd, it'll, it's worth about €3,000 to them to milk on over the winter. Whereas a herd with a spread out calving is actually worth 7,000 euros more to them because they haven't got that milk earlier in the year. They have to make up the lost ground in the winter time. And 7,000 euros for a lot of farms is just money that they can't walk away from. So for farms with a spread out calving pattern, they may have no option but to milk on. But for those that have a compact calving herd, um, 3,000 euros, it's, it's questionable at that as to whether you would milk on or not. Is your time off worth more than that? Uh, and it's about putting a value on your time. And I think, to be honest, I think uh, you've worked hard throughout the year. If you can afford to take the few weeks off around Christmas time, then you should take it off. And, and what are you seeing um, in terms of the market um, for empty cows? Like, you know, speaking to some farmers, they said there's been a good trade. Um, they've made good money from late cow or the empty cows. And I suppose that, you know, they've gotten them off farm because they're prioritising their in-calf cows. Yeah, from talking to farmers in the last week or two, they seem to be trading directly out of the parlour for uh, somewhere between six and eight hundred euros, depending on the, the frame of the cow. Um, so if you're getting that, that's that's not bad money if you can get that into your hand. And you have to look at that then versus what will you make if you keep that cow milk her on and fatten her and try sell her. 
Uh, like if we just look at the cull value of it, if you fatten those cows, you probably add 200, 250 euros to the value of the cow. Um, so, but you'll also spend about 150 euros in fattening her, in the, the feed cost of fattening her. So you're probably looking at a margin of 50 to 100 euros for keeping those cows for fattening. And then you have to question all the other things. You have the labor involved. Have you enough housing? Have you enough feed space? Have you enough silage? Have you enough good silage? All these factors have to be uh, considered before you uh, keep those cows and maybe if you can get 700 euros into your hand now for those 10 empty cows um, maybe that's that might take the pressure off everything for the winter including yourself and uh, moving on then you mentioned the parlor and you know this is a time of year where farmers um, you know have the opportunity maybe they have the complete herd dried off or they're milking just once a day and it's good to get maybe the, the parlor serviced or the, the the annual MOT when would you recommend farmers should book this in for Joe? The typical serviceman that's uh, looking after the machine is also the man that's putting in the new parlours and they're extremely busy at the moment because there are a lot of new parlours going in. So you can't expect to get these people at short notice. So you are going to have to give them three or four weeks notice. So if you're think to the we're the start of November now. If you're thinking of drawing off the start of December, you need to be making that phone call this week to get them in, to have them lined up, to test the parish, to change the liners, to do the the regular maintenance jobs that you always do. Um, as I said, these are extremely busy people at the moment because there's a lot of new parlors going in and a lot of modifications to the parlor has been made at the moment. So they do need a bit of notice. So make that phone call this week. Looking then to the paperwork side of things, and this is again a time of year where farmers will start, you know, inputting the remedies onto the ICBF or the Herd Plus systems, whatever they're using. Um, You know, any key measures that farmer needs to do from a paperwork point of view, Joe, from your perspective that you would see as important? I suppose the... The tax account side of things, uh, the deadline was the end of October for those that were doing their tax by paper, but it's been extended to early December for those that are doing it online. So if you haven't it done already, uh, you need to get that done and get the stuff off to the accountant to allow him to do it. It is, you're looking at 2019 figures when you're dealing with tax accounts, so you're a year behind. What we would be trying to encourage farmers to do is to look at the 2020 figures now, gather up the checkbooks and look at the co-op statement and see what you've spent and ideally do a profit monitor. It gives you an idea to look back at what you, way things went in 2020, allows you to benchmark yourself off of other farmers, but also allows you to make improvements uh, to your own farm. See where can you improve? Often it's not the cost side of things, it's the output side of things that maybe where the improvement can be made. But unless you do a profit monitor, it's very hard to advise a farmer where he can make improvements uh, unless he has that in front of him. There's loads of resources out there, as you said yourself. Um, the ICBF, ICBF website is a great resource there. It allows you key in the profit monitor data very simply um, and stock numbers and everything are preloaded in there. It takes a lot of the work out of it. So I would say if you can sit down over the next four to six weeks um, and start with the profit monitor and key it in, it's not as a big a chore anymore as it used to be. And and, and I guess on, on that note, like Joe, uh, yourself and as an advisor with Chagas, um, you know, the Chagas advisors are there to help farmers, um, you know, complete the profit 
profit monitor and as you say it's a really valuable tool to see where you're at in terms of profitability and maybe benchmark yourself against your um, your farming colleagues in within discussion groups and also then against the, the national average the, the top 10% or, or wherever you want to benchmark yourself. Um, another thing you mentioned Joe um, in relation to the debate of milking on cows and whether it's viable for your farm you mentioned about taking some time off. You have a lot of experience working with farmers, Joe. What's your take on this? Well, 2020 has been a, a mentally and a physically tough year for farmers. I suppose every year is a physically tough year for farmers, but mentally, uh, this is a very tough year for farmers. Uh, traditionally, like if you look at the moment, farmers have been able to go to matches, they've been able to go to masses, they've been able to go to a pub, uh, they've been able to go to the mart. These are all gone. So it's it's farming is probably more isolated at the moment than it traditionally is. So it's very important to farmers. They've spent a year looking after the cows. Maybe now is the time to take a bit of time to look after themselves. We can't go away for a weekend. We can't go away for a night away with the lockdown to stare. But we are allowed to go for a walk within the five kilometres and everyone has something within five kilometres where they can get out. Get off the farm if you can for a day. Just go for a short walk. It'll do you the world of good. If the restrictions lift that allow us go for um, a night away in December, maybe you should take that opportunity. Even if it's only go away to the seaside for a day trip, whatever, just try to get off the farm, take a bit of time away from the farm and look after your mental and physical health as much as possible. I think it's a it's a great note to finish on, uh, Joe. And I think it we can't emphasise it enough. As you say, a, a simple day trip m- might be, um, you know, more than valuable for farmers as they try and recharge their batteries. You know, ahead of a busy calving season, and once we hit Christmas, we won't feel it uh, coming round again. Um, you know, January, February will be in the thick of calving. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Joe Kelleher for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.